Welcome to the IOT Podcast Show. I'm your host, Tom White. Today, I am joined by Cyril Deschanel. Cyril is the Managing Director of Tele2IoT, based in Sweden. Cyril has over 16 years' experience in the IoT field, and the company provides IoT solutions to a range of customers across the world. We're really looking forward to insights on the business and how Tele2IoT has helped some of their previous customers. Cyril, welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. Thank you, Tom. Very happy to be here. We're very pleased you are here. Um, Cyril, just to kick things off, could you tell us a little bit about Tele2IoT? Where do you play in the IoT field and where are you in the IoT ecosystem? Yeah, we are a managed connectivity player in the IoT field. So we are really focusing on the connectivity piece of the all IoT value chain. We are an horizontal player, meaning we serve all kind of application, all kind of verticals in all regions of the world. We are not offering end-to-end solution. We don't want to compete with our customers. But beyond connectivity, we are also offering some enabling services, some security services that help the customers uh, to manage their IoT solution. And finally, we also facilitate the ecosystem development by introducing best IoT players uh, on the rest of the value chain to our customers so that they, they really have the best partners for, for their IoT journey. Oh, fantastic. And you just mentioned this, so you don't compete with your customers by producing an end-to-end system. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about customers. A, a lot of com- companies have already implemented IoT or it's in their roadmap. What should customers expect from IoT in general and, and what does it bring them in terms of value? Yeah, it is, IoT is all about transforming assets into uh, smart assets or intelligence assets. So you capture the data from your asset, assets and you transform it into actionable intelligence. So the benefits, uh, the business benefits you get from IoT is the value that it brings. So it starts from cost saving, going through energy uh, savings as well. Uh, gas emission reduction for your sustainability agenda, but also new business model. With IoT, you can move your company from an equipment seller, from a CapEx model, to an, a service uh, offer, which is a, an OPEX model. So you, then you generate recurrent revenue because you're in contact with your customer who bought your connected asset, for example. So that, that's all the benefit. And finally, I, I, it improves lives of people, you know, all the telecare, telehealth in these times of COVID. You can see the benefit also for people and also for animals. So that's all the benefits and the value bringing by IoT. Fantastic. And just and just to go back into Tele2 IoT in particular, could you give us some examples of solutions uh, that you've implemented for some of your customers? Yeah, so the customer is implementing the solution. We enabled them with our solutions. But I can highlight two uh, innovative solutions. One would be from Foodora. is a home delivery uh, company that is very innovative, uh, acting in the Q-commerce uh, growing area. Uh, right. They have developed a connected droid with 5G and IoT in order to deliver the food with the autonomous droid and not wow. anymore with a last mile car or bike. So that's quite revolutionary and you, and you can find the video on our website. But then another example would be Candela. They are developing um, and producing and selling electric boats and literally they are flying almost on, on top of the water and they are um, very stable and um, and of course, electric, so uh, perfect for uh, protecting our planet. And they are also connected with IoT in order to monitor the performance of the boat 
and to manage the battery levels. So that's uh, the boat would not fly without IoT. That's quite a, a very innovative solution from Candela. Wow. Um, and what is and what is the purpose of the boat? So does that do delivery logistics as well, like the first example, or is it something? Oh, in that different? case, the boat from Candela's are entertainment boats. You know, it's just uh, you have your electric boat instead of a normal. Uh, fuel engine boats, uh, so you, it's more for personal use. Uh, I've not seen yet delivery with that boat, but we could suggest that to Candela, yeah? Yeah, well, maybe, right? We had a, we had a guy on talking about asset tracking for uh, freight shipping and what have you, so maybe that's an idea. You said it, you said it floats on top of the water, is that kind of like a, uh, like a catamaran, like a, like, so it hovers just on top, so is that, is that for speed, is that why it does that? Yeah, exactly. It's for speed. So there's this foiler, I think you call it, that brings right. it up. And then uh, you need to control the stability. So I think every three milliseconds there is an adjustment in order the boat to keep stable. And it's it's remarkable. You've seen the you see the video they have done in different places of Europe. So it's for the speed and for the stability. But first, it's for the speed when you get out of the water. You know, it's like on windsurfing or kite surfing. Yeah. When the foiler you get out of it, then you can go even faster. Okay. And okay. you have a long autonomy of more than 200 miles, I think, with the boat. So it's that's wow. very good in terms yeah, of yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of quick boats. Any, anything quick, I'm a fan of, Cyril. Usually, usually four wheels on tarmac, but uh, you know, I, can, I, I, I can live with boats. Um, so you've mentioned in the past uh, that operators should have experience and knowledge around IoT. Um, don't all operators have experience and knowledge around this? And, and, and how has that comment come, up, come about? Well, I would say not all operators, uh, if I focus on Europe, uh, there are hundreds. They have a solid IoT offer first and a solid IoT platform. Um, so that's uh, first. But then even the one who have it, and they are few, they don't have the expertise end-to-end -end in IoT. Uh, what I mean by end-to-end, -end, it means from all the teams in the organization. Uh, having a knowledge about IoT. So it starts from uh, product life management, uh, going to sales, going to after sales with service desks and all customer operations. In our case, the 70 people in the organization are IoT experts and 100% dedicated to IoT. Many operators are sharing resources with the B2C or with the B2B organization. So they are not experts in IoT. They are using, they are competent in many other fields. In our case, they are really competent, uh, all of them in IoT. And if I take an example, for example, our service desk people, 24-7 service desk, by the way, they can monitor and track the behavior of your device during the last six weeks and analyze it. And if they detect a behavior, a behavior that deviates from the expected behavior of your device, we alert the customer proactively. So we are really understanding and tracking the behavior of the customer solution. That's, that's really expertise that you can do. And that's what customers is important, are looking for one, you know, troubleshooting, proactive maintenance. If you go to a normal operator, you will not get that service. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's fantastic. So you, you have a really deep level of IoT knowledge within, within the company then, is that right? And, uh, and, and, and I assume all of these guys and girls, they're trained in-house, uh, they've learned it from scratch from within your business. Is that right? Yeah, we have both. M most of them are senior experts that we took from the different uh, uh, places of the market. You know, myself coming from another operator and from the hardware world, some others coming from the, the service side or from the mm. platform side. And then a few of them, of course, we take also some young talent and then we train them yeah. uh, intensively. Uh, 
and they become more expert and then they can even do training about our services to the customers so that's mm. also something we, we can offer we don't rely on third parties for for training our customers you know they're using our platform we really provide it by ourselves so yeah it's a talent pool management but also senior experts coming job that we attract from the market yeah fantastic because you you yourself Cyril, you're ex sierra aren't you wireless as well is that that part of your background Correct. I started IoT 16 years ago, and I've been seven years in Sierra Wireless. I was Wavecom before they acquired it, so okay. it was on the module side. You know, every IoT device has a cellular module, um, and uh, that's where I started in the out there. Then I moved to um, to connectivity space in Vodafone, uh, and also around solutions, and then moved to Tele2 IoT three years, a bit more than three years ago. Yeah, fantastic. And I, and I think that's one of the big things that people talk about is that there's a lot of people that have come into the IoT field who have been in, in wireless or in Wi-Fi. Um, and, um, and I think that's a critical part of IoT now, isn't it? Because many years ago, we didn't have the levels of connectivity that we do today with the likes of Zigbee, BLE, lots of other standards and platforms in order to have all of these devices connected. And is that, in your opinion, a, a crucial element of, of how IoT is looking to transform various industries at the moment because the hardware is now catching up with the vision of some of these uh, projects that are out there? Yeah, it's true that we see uh, more and more technologies around IoT. That's why IoT, I think, is the best word before before it was called M2M, uh, because it it combines it can combine different technologies, and uh, the customers have different needs. We need to adapt to their needs. You can have some technologies that you've mentioned. Uh, the cellular technology is the one that really allows you to remotely control over all over the world your assets. You know, so that's the one that really has the biggest reach. Uh, and now maybe we'll come back to that uh, with 5G and low power access network, you can have access to even all devices uh, in, uh, through these technologies. So the combination of the different technologies is what the customers are looking at and the, the device are able to combine uh, technologies like 5G and, and LTEM, for example, in the same device. So that's uh, an NY5 it's needed as well. So that's, uh, that unlocks more possibilities. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a question that I get asked quite a lot from people is, is you know, 5G is obviously, at the, you know, it's out there, it's, it's slowly rolling out in lots of different countries, people are talking about 6G already. Um, generally speaking, for most IoT devices, it's quite a low amount of information that is shared, isn't it, right, in terms of the, uh, the quantity. If we're looking at sensors, we're looking at sometimes smaller amounts of data being transformed. How do you... How do you see 5G affecting that in, in, in the future? And, and what does that mean uh, with, the, with the advancement of, of bandwidth over cellular devices for the industry? That's a very good question because 5G, interestingly, we, people reactively think 5G, high capacity, high speed. What they don't know is the low latency that is really good for IoT because then you can real time, near real time monitoring any assets and streaming. But 5G also incorporates the low power uh, access networks like LTEM or narrowband IoT. So then you can connect every kind of sensors that is battery powered and needs to con and consume a little energy. But it's the same 5G technology that covers it from high bandwidth to very low bandwidth. That's the beauty of that technology because in the past you needed to use 2G or SMS for low bandwidth and then 3G, 4G for high bandwidth, but you didn't have a single technology, um, uh, radio technology that could manage all bandwidth. So uh, that's uh, 
that's the first time we have a technology that covers from high to low bandwidth. So you will be able to sensorize uh, your plants, your campus, um, and it's also enabling what we call private networks, you know, with the 5G technology. You can have your own network in your manufacturing plant or in your campus uh, or in your, yeah, whatever, working area, construction area. So you can uh, manage, you can have your proper network and sensorize your all, all your facilities. Yeah, fantastic. So it's the low latency element of it, which is is one of the crucial things, and and perhaps something that people misunderstand, um, you know, with five G and and why it's so important for IoT. Yeah, the low latency is something uh, that we didn't have before, so you had to wait a little bit <laughs> before you can. So you could not play real time, uh, you could not uh, get uh, control your autonomous car like in the future. Uh, you need a fast reaction. Uh, or think about car-to-car -car or car-to-infrastructure interaction. Uh, without this low latency, it would not work. It would be too dangerous. So uh, 5G is an enabler for all this new autonomous vehicle world, uh, but also uh, real-time streaming, as I said. You know, think about video camera surveillance. You know, now 5G allows that, uh, and you really have the image on the real time. So we could do that interview on 5G. That would be the same quality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a critical point to make, you know, you can't have a real time uh, monitoring solution if the latency is high because it's not real time by default. Right. Uh, you know, and there's going to be an, and there's going to be an issue. And you talk about autonomous driving. Of course, this is uh, from a safety perspective. It just wouldn't be possible. So, um, again, this is this is this is part of the beauty of the world that we live in at the moment because the, both the software, the tech, the infrastructure, the hardware, they're all kind of racing at different points, but hopefully meeting and converging in order to allow some of these solutions to come out to the forefront. And, and, and you guys really are at the cutting edge of this in Tele2IoT. You know, going back to your earlier point, Cyril, some of the, the in-house knowledge is, is fantastic. But, but what about the customer side? You know, what, what sort of expertise do they need in order to successfully implement IoT to work alongside perhaps some of your guys? Well, I think a customer really needs to take the IoT journey step by step. At the beginning, uh, at the minimum, sorry, they should have knowledge in the hardware, uh, whatever they buy it or they develop it, but they need to understand uh, how the device uh, works, the connected device. They need to have the knowledge about connectivity and about software, you know, in order to develop their, their IoT applications and data analytics. That's the one I'm adding because it's a difficult resource, a, different ta a difficult talent to find in the world today, uh, a data expert, because of course there is AI coming and machine learning, blockchain, so the data experts are very important. But when you start your journey, you don't have to be experts in every field of IoT. Uh, you can count on companies like us and many others that are experts in their domain because you cannot build an entire IoT business unit if you are starting your IoT journey. Once you are very advanced, uh, like uh, BMW, they have their own uh, IoT business unit. They still source part of it, but they have a huge unit. But if you're a startup, I think I would recommend you start buying your device from uh, the best uh, device providers in IoT, and we could recommend that, as we said at the beginning, facilitate the solution. And then you will have to source connectivity anyway, because you don't, you don't own a network, so you will have to source it, and then you can develop and focus the time on developing your application. But the more you progress in your, in your IoT journey, the more you can start developing your own device by buying the modules from companies like uh, Telet, uh, that you mentioned till now. And then when you become even more an expert on hardware, you can even develop your own IoT device 
from a chipset based in order to make it even smaller and reduce you know, like little little sensors or beacons even with it. So there is there is a journey and your expertise needs to grow following your journey and having the right partners along the journey is very important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you've spoken about some fantastic use cases there, a bit more about the team uh, and where you've come from. I'm curious to know, what does the future look like for Tele2IoT and for IoT in general? Where, where do we expect to see you guys working in the next two and five years time? Because I think that's the exciting part that uh, our listeners would like to hear. Yeah, let me start with IoT first and not being selfish by Tele2IoT. Yeah. <laughs> I think the future is really exciting uh, for IoT. Um, you know, even if it's many years it exists, it is still a growing business. I mean, you need to understand that now, for the first time in the history, in the end of 2020, there are more IoT connected devices than mobile phones um, connected, so more than 3 billion. So it's, it is very mature, it is here. But it is only 1-2% of assets connected in the world, so the, the potential is just big. And with these new technologies coming, as we mentioned before, 5G and LTEM, for example, we can capture all these opportunities. But beyond this market growing and these new technologies, I think there is something coming that we will we are looking at uh, closely, is the combination of IoT that captures the data and AI or um, blockchain uh, that enables even more opportunities around the data analysis and the data treatment and the efficiency in the data treatment. So uh, that opens a completely new field where you combine different technologies. It's a bit less mature on AI and, and blockchain than IoT, but it's coming very fast now. And if you combine both, then it's unlimited possibilities. Um, so we will uh, play a role in that area. Uh, and we are already uh, uh, working with some partners around that. But in general, I would say our journey continues. Uh, we have a a very amazing uh, profitable growth journey that we are that we are successful with and we really we continue and we strive to really increase satisfaction of our customers we've been focusing on customer satisfaction bringing the best in class services and that's what we we'll want to continue to do in the future yeah fantastic i think i think that's that's great and, and i really appreciate that overview we've, we've had people in the past talk about iot and machine learning and i think what you've mentioned there is iot on the block set on a blockchain decentralized right and 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 the convergence of some of these you know cutting edge technologies that you hear people talk about a lot um but how they're going to interlink so interlinking with ai and and the future it's it's really fantastic i was on clubhouse the other day and uh, there was a lady from mckinsey and company talking about the general size of this market and and they and they revisited their figures and mckinsey is saying somewhere in the line of six to eleven trillion dollars right um that this industry is going to be worth and 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 in your and in your view cyril you know you know is that is that going to be mostly focused around uh devices digital twin decentralization where do you think the bulk of this is gonna is gonna be in the future i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that i know it would be one specific winning um, area between what you've mentioned uh, i think all of them will work because digital wins will be more around the manufacturing like the private networks as well so that will keep evolving decentralization will be uh together with uh, blockchain and and iot because at the end Blockchain without IoT can work on some areas, like the, uh, the the Bitcoin, for example. But on the rest of the industry, you need to capture data uh, before you uh, because you can leverage the blockchain uh, power. 
So um, I would say all these fields will go. I don't think there will be one. Like we always ask, always people ask me, what is the key app, the key winning application? I mean, it's not one. There are there are many. Yeah. So I think uh, all of them will be a will be a success. Fantastic. Cyril, it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, want, wanted to get you wanted to get you in front of a camera for some time now. Uh, and I know that this is uh, f- the first of many podcasts that I'm sure you're going to be on, Cyril. Uh, just so that people can find out m- a bit more about Tele2 IoT. I, I see you on social media or on LinkedIn. Where can people find out more about the company? Yeah, no, you can go to the Tele2 webpage and then uh, go to the Tele2 IoT part of it, where you will see all our blog posts, all our authors, all our customer feedback. Uh, so that's very active. And then, uh, if not, you can find us uh, on the social media, you know, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Okay. So that's, uh, that's where you can find us. And, and you should find us. We are quite vocal in the market we are yeah. so passionate about IoT that we try to transmit our passion to the market <laughs> I, I always yeah I always remember you guys used to put IoT in brackets on your name on LinkedIn I, I like that I was gonna I was gonna steal the idea at one point but I thought I'd keep it with you guys so uh, you know it's very very good and if you'd like to find out more about the IoT podcast show please take a look at the link in the comments follow us on Twitter visit our website and get involved in the conversation We'd love to hear your thoughts on cellular IoT connectivity.